Welcome back. I'm Jamie, and this is the Heart of Hades. Hello friends, I'm so glad you're tuning in. Today I thought we'd take a moment to get to know your podcast hosts. Let's start with me. I'm a modern day priestess, author, and teacher. So I'm a pagan polytheist. In case you're not familiar with that terminology, it simply means my spiritual beliefs are not necessarily an organized religion, such as Christianity, but they do include facets of animism, folklore, mythology, and ecstatic practices, such as ritual and trance journey, in addition to deity worship. I am what is known as a hard polytheist, which means I believe that there are countless distinct very real, existing gods, all with independent agencies. In other words, I don't just believe in one god, I believe in all of them. But I worship and interact with a small, select contingent. I wasn't raised pagan, but I came to it later as a young adult. An important part of my journey was finding the Sisterhood of Avalon in 2005. This Celtic women's mystery tradition was the main focus of my priestess studies and spiritual practice until 2018. These days, I teach others what I've learned over the years by leading independent workshops, rituals, sacred circles, and study programs across the United States. And I also write articles and essays and episodes for this podcast. So how did I become a devotee of Hades? While I've worked with many other gods and goddesses in the 20 plus years I've been a practicing pagan, but Hades and the Greek underworld has taken over much of my practice since somewhere around the years 2017 to 2018. Come to think of it though, you know I've always been attracted to the more shadowy side of magic and folklore. And I identify with liminal creatures like owls, foxes, hares, and vultures. And I'm fascinated by tales of death rituals, ghosts, and hauntings. And I have been since way before I became pagan. Honestly, I probably should have seen it coming. My college roommate was named Persephone. That was her given name. 
At the time, I just thought her parents were quirky hippies. But looking back now, I can see the foreshadowing. My very first ritual was at the autumnal equinox in 1999, when I dedicated myself to this spiritual path. That small and sweet ritual included a trance journey in which I met Persephone of Greek mythology and walked with her in fields of ripe grain tended by my ancestors. It was a bit of an open-ended trance as I did not specifically set out to meet her. She was simply the one who showed up as a guide to speak with me on that very important night. And finally, I am continually intrigued by the complexity, the gravitas, and the quote profane or taboo nature of shadowy gods. They just seem to suit my Saturnine style. After all, I am a Capricorn sun with a Scorpio ascendant in my astrological chart. It feels so good to give myself permission to lean into this energy. Now it's time to meet himself with a capital H, Hades, the host of many. The title host of many, or polydegmon in Greek, is just one of Hades' many epithets. But in case you're confused, Hades is actually the name of a specific god and sometimes the name given to his realm. For you see in Greek mythology, Hades rules the realm of the dead, which is known as the underworld. The word Hades itself means unseen. This could possibly refer to the unknowable nature of death and the afterlife, or it could also harken back to one of Hades' infamous symbols, the Helm of Invisibility, which allows the wearer to move about undetected. His title, Host of Many, refers to all the shades or the souls of the dead, as well as the various other inhabitants of the underworld that enjoy his eternal hospitality. Some of his other epithets include Kleminos, or Notorious. Hades' most well-known myth is the story of how he obtained his wife, Persephone. A notoriously dramatic kidnapping and a notoriously tempting pomegranate are at the heart of this tale. I'm not going to retell this story today, but I'm sure we'll spend a lot of time on this topic in later episodes. Ebuleus, or the good counselor, or giver of good advice, is another epithet for Hades. Many people often mistakenly assume that Hades is the god of death. No, that's Thanatos, or that Hades is the judge of the dead. Again, no, he delegates that responsibility to a trusted trio named Aeacus, Radamanthus, and Minos, or sometimes his wife. He is known, however, to be very fair-minded and to treat everyone equally in death, whether you're a king or a commoner. Hades gives good counsel and consoles the dead with his dependable stoicism. And Pluton, or the wealthy one, 
Hades is also known as the god of wealth, since his underworld realm contains all precious stones and metals, as well as the fertile soil necessary to grow our food. These are just a few of his titles, whose meanings and associated stories will unpack over time. Another common misconception is confusing the underworld of Greek mythology with Christian notions of hell and Hades with the devil. So hold on tight for a bit of disambiguation. When it comes to the Christian Bible, some meanings have been lost in translation. In the Hebrew scriptures of the Old Testament, the word used to describe the realm of the dead is shol. This word simply means the place of the dead, or the place of departed souls and spirits. So the New Testament Greek equivalent to shol is Hades, which is also a reference to the place of the dead. However, outside of personal beliefs or religious doctrine, purely entomologically speaking, neither of these terms originally referred to a fiery inferno of eternal punishment. Another one of the main sources we have to thank for this confusion is the medieval Italian poet and philosopher Dante, who casually sprinkled these Greek terms and titles into his work, The Inferno, with artistic abandon. So just to be clear, we're talking about two totally different sets of mythology here, the Christian mythos and the ancient Greek. Hades, as we speak of him on this podcast, is not the devil, nor is his realm equivalent with hell. Now that we've visited the disambiguation station, here's where it gets fun. You may have noticed that Hades is still very much of our pop culture zeitgeist. You may have even encountered some or all of the following Hades fanfiction portrayals. Hades is one of the antagonists in the 1981 classic film Clash of the Titans and its subsequent remakes. Shout out to my Gen Xers. Raise your hand if you watched this movie on a giant old cathode ray tube television in your elementary school gym. And speaking of television that Gen Xers might remember, Hades was also a fixture character of two popular 1990s television series, Hercules, The Legendary Journeys, and Xena, Warrior Princess. Hades appears in Disney's 1997 full-length animated cartoon Hercules, in which a conniving Hades, voiced by James Woods, tries to overthrow the Olympian gods. Oh, and he's blue. And he speaks Yiddish. And his hair is on fire. Anyway, Hades also makes regular appearances in the book and film series Percy Jackson and the Olympians and its various spin-offs such as Heroes of Olympus, written by Rick Riordan. Riordan's books chronicle the adventures of a group of modern-day adolescents in a somewhat Greco-Roman mythological setting. Next up, Launched in March 2018, Lore Olympus is a webcomic that retells the myth of Hades and Persephone. 
Created by New Zealand artist Rachel Smith, Lore Olympus is currently the most popular comic on the Webtoon app. As of June 2022, it has 1.1 billion views and 5.9 million subscribers. Hardcover and trade paperback versions of the comic have been released in two volumes, with a third volume set for release in October of 2022. Television adaptation is also under development for Lore Olympus, but no release date has been set. The Broadway musical Hadestown by Anais Mitchell creatively retells the story of Orpheus and Eurydice as an allegory of our modern woes of climate change, industrial exploitation, and endemic poverty. Hades is portrayed, predictably, as the villain of this tale. The Broadway production opened to critical acclaim and received numerous awards and nominations. In fact, at the 73rd Annual Tony Awards, Hadestown received 14 nominations, which was the most for the evening, and won eight of them, including Best Musical and Best Original Score. It's worth mentioning that Hades has appeared in many video games over the years, too, including one extremely popular game that carries his name. In Hades the Video Game, the player takes the role of Zagreus, the prince of the underworld, who is trying to escape his father's realm. At the 10th annual New York Game Awards, Hades won Game of the Year, Best Music, Best Writing, and Best Acting categories. Hades was also the first game to be awarded a Hugo Award as part of a special video games category introduced for the 2021 Hugo Awards, as well as a Nebula Award for its writing. So these are just a few mentions of Hades' more recent appearances among the numerous places he shows up in pop culture. This list can get pretty long, especially if you travel down the rabbit hole of romantic fiction and fantasy. Romance writers absolutely love the subject of Hades and Persephone. And as I mentioned, these appearances should be considered fan fiction portrayals. It is important to remember that they are adaptations, similar to how Marvel has adapted Norse mythological figures such as Thor and Loki into their cinematic multiverse. Hey, fictional portrayals are entertaining and fascinating. I enjoy most of them. But they're not necessarily true to the lore or nature of this complex and ancient god. Hades is a god who is very real for many people around the world. So why do we still love, or love to hate, Hades after all this time? I think it is because Hades is magnetic. His stories are compelling. His mythos includes elements of drama, romance, family dynamics, and power struggles. These are the kind of stories that hold our hearts and imaginations captive, like the pull of gravity that holds our mortal feet solid on this rich earth. 
and with Hades, we experience death and desire as two sides of the same coin. He and many of the other denizens of the underworld defy categorization and defy binary stereotypes. For example, is Hades notorious? Yes. But is he a good counselor? Yes, he is both. Is Hades sacred? Absolutely. Is he profane? He can be. He is both. And still, he is more. And finally, in our modern era of scientific discovery and instantaneous connection, Hades still represents something that is both unknowable and unavoidable. The biggest question of life. What lies on the other side of death? listening to this episode of Heart of Hades. This podcast is written, hosted, and produced by me, Jamie Wagoner. References utilized for this episode can be found in the show notes. There are several ways you can help this little podcast grow and thrive. Please like and subscribe to Heart of Hades on your favorite podcast app so that you never miss an episode. Follow the podcast on Instagram heartofhades.podcast and follow my other magical misadventures at J.M. Wagoner. That's J-M-W-A-G-G-O-N-E-R. You can send me an email at heartofhades.podcast at gmail.com. I love questions and feedback and I may even read them on the podcast. So what are you dying to know about Hades? <laughs> Also, visit my website at jamiewagoner.com and sign up for my newsletter. New email signups receive instant access to my annual lunar calendar that can help you coordinate all your magical timing. Until next time, friends, take good care of yourselves and each other. Keep living your lives to their fullest. And hail Hades. <laughs>